0: This podcast is brought to you by EverythingVoluntary.com. My name is Jared Norton, and this is The Voluntary Contrarian. Hello and welcome to the Voluntary Contrarian. I'm your host, Jared Norden, And today I'd like to talk about an interaction I had with a coworker. Um I have a luxury of listening to podcasts pretty much all day long. Uh working construction. And so I kind of run the gamut as far as podcasts go. You know, listen to all the popular uh, libertarian um an ANCAP, an agorist-type podcast. Um, so <laughs> my coworker, he asked me, he said, so he saw my headphones in, and he says, so what are we learning today? And so at that point, I had listened to quite a few podcasts, and I started off with one of the first ones that I had heard uh, on the way to work. It was a podcast about um, how well, whether you should or should not carry an extra magazine with you if you're concealed carrying a uh, handgun. And I thought, well, you know, this guy is kind of an outdoorsman, you know, hunter, fisherman, that he would see it as kind of um, a curiosity. And we talked about it for a little while. And uh, he, he had mentioned that, well, you know, I don't really see a need for extra magazines because, um, you know, usually... A self-defense scenario would last, you know, just a couple seconds. You might shoot between, I don't know, two, three, four, five rounds. And so a high capacity or a, especially a spare magazine really wouldn't come into play. And we kind of kicked that around for a while and discussed, you know, different problems that could happen with a magazine and a pistol, you know, um, some type of malfunction and... You know, we kind of got off into the weeds on that. And then he he said, well, but then again, how many attackers do you think you would encounter? And I said, half-jokingly, because I knew this guy really wasn't in the same mindset as most of us voluntarists are, I had said jokingly, I said, well, it depends on how many cops there are. You know, kind of as kind of a, a funny ha-ha uh, thing to kind of make him think, which he did think, and he looked at me very puzzled and he and he just he said what what do you mean how many cops there are? I said, well I said actually i'm more afraid of I'm more afraid of getting in a some type of a uncomfortable, dangerous environment with a police officer than I am with a criminal, and he said uh he goes, well. But criminals, you know, they, they'll, you know, they'll break into your house or they'll try to break into your car or steal your things. And and I said again, jokingly but kind of not jokingly, I said, "Well, you just described police officers." And I thought it was hilarious, and he didn't really think it was that funny. But anyway, it kind of brings me. Like he had also mentioned, he goes, "Well, I have several cops for friends, and you know, I don't, I'm not afraid of them at all." And um you know, they're cool guys. And and I said, yeah, I, I know a couple of cops too. And yeah, they are, they're nice people. You um, know, I I don't wish for any harm to come to them. Um, but at the same time, it, it kind of made me wonder, especially made him wonder, it, because of the look on his face, he thought I was, I don't know, crazy for having that notion that I would be afraid of, a police officer, you know, and through through a life, uh, especially as voluntarius, we listen to a lot of podcasts, we read a lot of um, writings online, we read a lot of books, and about a lot of philosophy related to that. And until you really have an encounter with a quote unquote normie, everything kind of seems like it's in it's in your head, it's in a bubble. Um, but once you express your thoughts, and I've done this several times, and I always get the same pushback. And you know, on a side note, I, whenever I talk about taxation, it it's almost predictable that, and I have no idea why, it's the default thing to ask about. But it's always, well, what about the roads? And I know it's a cliche, and it's kind of, uh, you know there 's plenty of plenty of memes out there about that, but it 's true and i can 't figure out why the roads are the first thing the first thought that goes through their minds when you say taxation is theft or anything like that um, you know it 's not like they go well who would who would buy the bombs or who would pay the soldiers or um, who would fund e b t uh, it 's always they always want to choose the benevolent things, you know. What about our schools? You know, what about our roads and what about the parks and those kind of things. And anyway, so that that was a tangent there. But getting back to what I was talking about, um, when you talk to people in real life about things that you see online or on blogs or on social media, um, it's very easy to kind of get into this echo chamber where we all kind of agree to a certain extent on some core values of voluntarism. And uh, I just don't know why it doesn't really, you know, I guess I know why it doesn't translate to real life, because these concepts are obviously not mainstream. Um, And I doubt very many people actually take the time to... Have these thoughts and really put uh, the principles and morality to the test, uh, as far as as far as these different uh, professions like you know prosecuting attorneys and judges and police officers and and really kind of think to themselves what who who do they all work for um, and you know I see them as being on the same team. I don't see their jobs being objective at all. Um, And that's something that I'm not sure what it'll take to get people to really question the whole dynamic of law and law enforcement and legislation and voting and quote-unquote democracy, to get people to really think about it and, and kind of parse it out and look at the gun in the room and see the force behind all these things. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's... It, it was interesting. I mean, he, he he pretty much thought I was some type of loony. And so, of course, I had to... You know, I kind of chuckled along with him. And I said, well, yeah, you know, cops, you know, they're not all good. And, you know, Robert Higgs has a great... uh Can't say it's an article. It's kind of more of a meme. I guess it was an article at one point. But he kind of goes through and, and, uh, I think it's called There Is No Such Thing as a Good Cop. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, but you could look it up and it's pretty good. And it's, it's all based in fact and logic and reason. And it makes, it makes really good sense. It's really hard to refute. And it, it boggles me why those thoughts are so hard to really as far as mainstream, why they can't look at that and they have kind of an out. They have an excuse. They have a, oh, well, that's ridiculous, or, hey, I know a friend of mine who's a cop, or my dad was a cop, or my son's a cop, or whatever. And it just kind of takes the wind out of those arguments that, uh, that Bob Higgs has, although it shouldn't. You need to look at the merits of the logic behind his, uh, his writing there. But uh, yeah, having that interaction was interesting because at, at one point I thought, well, geez, maybe do I have the problem here? Am I not thinking clearly enough about this? You know, perhaps it, it, it and uh, well, because I've been, I've been kind of in this realm of libertarian and cap voluntarist for probably the past, I'd say, 15 years. And I've read a lot, listened to a lot and had more than enough time to really um, think about and rationalize and parse out my thinking. And what's great is that part of voluntarism or or, uh, um, being an ANCAP, the Austrian economics side of things, how that fits in with being an ANCAP or voluntarist, those two things together pretty much solidified the way I think, my thought process. Um, So, I mean, it happened to me. I used to be a, uh, you know, Republican conservative. I was pro war. I wanted to be a cop at one time when I was probably in my late teens. Um, Considered going into the army. You know, I, I was there. I was, I didn't see any problem with anything. Um, I, I was kind of a, you know uh, on the side of of America and you know uh, red, white, and blue and star spangled Banner and all that stuff and it i'm not really sure what it really took to get me to think the way i do i think actually i do i I was talking to someone and they had this is probably when I was about twenty twenty three twenty four I was talking to somebody and they were talking about their gay friend and how they were going to go hang out with them. And it was, it was a gal I was talking to. And I was really, back then I was really like, well, why do you want to do that? Why do you want to hang out with somebody? You know, they want to have, they want to teach uh, homosexuality in schools and they're gonna, they're going to ruin our children. And, you know, next thing you know, you're going to have gays everywhere and blah, 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 blah. And then it was it was soon after that i heard some story about some second amendment thing about taking away guns and i i was and still am into firearms and concealed carry and you know i have all the i have all the proper permissions from the state to do so and uh for some reason it clicked it clicked that how can how can i on one hand be told what I can or cannot do with a firearm. But on the other hand, I want to tell somebody what they can or cannot do with their body or their relationship status. And that really hit home for me. It really hit home that if I expect to have the luxury of having my own personal freedoms, then I need to extend those same freedoms to everybody else. And that was probably the that was my awakening to, to just being anti, not, not anti-authority, but I'd say, uh, just kind of being anti-authoritarian. And since then it's been kind of baby steps, you know, you kind of fall into, uh, once your mind starts changing, you start either seeing things that kind of, uh, help your thought process along, or you will actually search for things, To either validate or give you some type of uh, uh, credence to your beliefs. And I think part of it being that it really opened my mind and showed me that I am fallible, that my thinking wasn't. If I could be changed from how I was being a pro war, pro US, you know, pro cop guy to something that was totally different, that's, it kind of it was very humbling. And it took me away from just kind of being a static black and white thinker, which led me into more of the philosophy and the psychology of, uh, you know, why am I thinking this? And, and how did I learn this? Where did it come from? And what can I do to change it? And what else can I learn that'll help me be a better person um, to other people and be... You know not be a pushover and not be weak, but be but be fair um and you know kind of calm and centered and all that stuff and so that led me on to um you know things like uh, Mises and the Rothbard and Hazlitt and bastiat and Higgs, and I mean the list goes on only I mean, Tom woods and uh Bob Murphy and uh, Thomas Sowell, and I mean, yeah, it goes on and on and on. So many great thinkers, so many great people that are just so rational and kind and calm, and all their arguments and all their discussions, they make sense. So getting back to this conversation I had with my coworker, that moment I had that I thought, maybe maybe I'm the one who needs to rethink what I'm thinking, although I have been Having the same thought process, like I said, for about I'd say 15, 10, 15 years, um, thinking about it now and having all the kind of the history come come from that point to now, it doesn't really seem like I was the person who was crazy, because I was where my coworker is right now, and I don't know what it'll take to get him to change, and I don't care if he does change. Well, I guess in a way I do. I don't want him. Um, trying to use the coercion of the state against me or anybody else. Uh, But yeah, that's pretty much all I had to talk about. Um, Kind of the combination of talking with a, I hate to use the word statist, but I guess he is a statist and I was a statist. And now here I am talking to you guys about um, kind of what what it takes, what the journey looks like. You know, it's not—it's not a streamlined process, and usually it comes from some type of uh, cognitive bias. That it you, once it hits you, and you actually do the thinking, your thinking can change from that from that point on. And it's it's bizarre what happens to just to make somebody change, just from two thoughts that did not sit right in my head. And maybe it'll happen to someone you know, and maybe it won't, and. All we can do is talk about it, talk to our coworkers, talk to our friends and, and uh, see if there's some type of bias or, or dissonance that we can help with, but we have to do so, I mean, no, no one led me to it, I led myself to it. So that's where I kind of feel like trying to lead someone to it probably wouldn't be as effective than having them find their own path, but I don't think that many people are Either able or interested in following that path, because once you once you know you know the whole red pill thing once you know you can't you can 't go back <laughs> and the other curse is that once you go that route you you don 't see anything the same anymore um, every news story every even movies uh, there are certain movies I either won 't watch or if I do watch them, I get frustrated with them because I see through the crap and uh it reminds me of uh, watching um, hec- uh, action movies where they they have firearms and these actors don't know how to use firearms at all and they're holding them the wrong way and they're you know doing the whole uh, cool guy FBI you know pistol pointed at the floor arms uh, arms straight in front of them and or they have it up on their shoulder you know kind of like uh, Charlie's Angel style. It's very similar to that for me <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, You you know what you know, and you don't know what you don't know. And if you're on this journey of finding out and learning more about voluntarism, obviously, don't quit. There are tons of resources out there, tons of great podcasts out there. Um, And keep going. I mean, I still haven't learned what I want to learn. I'm still learning more pretty much every day. Anyway, uh, I appreciate you guys listening to my podcast. And uh, thanks a lot. And we'll see you next time. Please send your comments or questions to contrarian at hotmail.com. Will you do me a favor? Will you rate and review this podcast from wherever you're listening from? That would really help. And one more thing, please share this podcast with your friends.